SMQBs, this is episode 46, after a brief rant about the tragedy that is the Washington football team, we get into covering all the action from the NFL this week, we talk about our, uh, our takeaways, our locked picks of the week, then we get into a fun part of the episode, our 2021 Sports Person of the Year, 2021 Sports Moment of the Year, and then some resolutions for 22 for the guys followed by a good punchable face and a Ted Lasso to round it out. Check out the show. Leave us a review. Thanks for listening. SMQBs, this is episode 46. We have a gentleman who was born in Belafonte, Pennsylvania. Um, he was drafted in 1974 by the Major, Major League Baseball draft, uh, but instead he went and played football at BYU. Hmm. He was a four-year starter at fullback. He was selected in the second round of the 1978 NFL draft by the dreaded Dallas Cowpukes. <laughs> what? Nothing what yet. Six. Hope? Failing? Next year, the Hope Cowboys on. converted him to tight end. Oh. But he didn't no. want to do it. Jethro Pugh. No. No, he to play, you're saying he played baseball there, right? Did he play for the well, Cowboys he, for a long time? He, he got drafted, but he didn't play. He went to college to play football. He ended up getting claimed off waivers by the oh, New York did football he go play Giants. For the Raiders? Did he go for the play for the Raiders after that? No, he played for the Giants. He got to the Raiders. I know. Edwards. I know who it is. Ew. He's a tight end. I'm going to stay out of it. Did he have a big fro? Uh, you want to say Raiders? Who is it? You might, you might better know him for his Todd Christensen. That's it. Good one, Todd Christensen. Christensen. Wow, that's where we're going with 46. That's Todd Christensen. That's that's all we got. That's the best we have. Must have been better 46. Uh, how about Andy Pettit? Well, Pettit, that's a good good question. Yeah, that's Uh, a good one, a good possibility, but. You know, God, the, in doing my research, Christensen was actually looked at at the time as the best tight end in football for over a couple year period. What? Yeah, yeah, apparently two he times Super Bowl champion on the Raiders, five time Pro Bowler, four time All Pro, two times NFL receptions leader. All right, I mean that's, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good five four five year stretch there. Uh, and Andy Pettit was always a pretty solid pitcher, but he was, was he ever the best pitcher on his team? No, no. He was always like second or third, right? So second. it's a close call. It's a close call. But listen, I mean, we don't want to talk about Todd Christensen. We really want to talk about the Eagles. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the no. Eagles. No, you know what? We're not doing it. You know what? Come on. Because, <laughs> because as dreadful as the Eagles quarterback situation is, there is only one team this week that gets my ire and gets my full-blown attention. 
And Ooh, that man. is the Washington Ooh, football home team. team. Let's rough, go. Rough just, night. Just, they should just close down the whole fucking franchise at this point. They should just burn the building, lock the doors with everybody inside it first, and light the place on fire. In fact, maybe their stupid ass heat warming benches would malfunction and cause the fire in the first place <laughs> because these stupid motherfuckers. I mean, th- this is the, this is the dumbest group of people. The dumbest group of people can, can be assembled. I mean, good. I said it this week when they asked me to renew my tickets, I said, good, honest people go to that organization and become complete fucking assholes. Did you see what, what the, the football, the president of operations, Jason, uh, what's his name? Jason Wright did this week. This is the Stanford educated by all accounts, you know, classy guy who they brought in. Did you guys see this? Yeah, they did. They brought him in to class the place up. So what does he do? He tweets out a image of a Santa Claus pissing on a Dallas Cowboys helmet on Christmas Eve. That's his. That's our guy who we brought in to class up the organization. Go into this building and you become bulletin board material there. Get him, Chris. Get him. It's not even. It's not even bulletin board material. You don't need bulletin board material. It's just tacky, trashy, and just pathetic. When you are a shit franchise like this, you just keep your fucking mouth shut. Just keep it shut and play football and don't tweet yeah. out Santa Claus pissing on people. So I still hate. Let people, him go, boys. He's on but, a roll. But they do. They they did nothing wrong this week. Hey, I'm I'm glad you guys brought your own benches because that's where the only action was on your side last night. <laughs> no Whoa. kidding. Whoa, shit. No kidding. Wow. You're hey, right. Let, let me ask you a question because I used to experience this with the Bucks salespeople when they would call me in the you know, when we were going through 14 years of straight losing seasons, did they try to put a positive spin on you renewing your seats? They oh, were yeah. saying how things are going to change and all this. Oh, they, they assured me that the culture had changed in the building. And I asked her, I said, I said to the poor, the poor um, young person <laughs> those, those probably working very hard, who's probably working very hard to get into the sports industry and, and really probably has done nothing wrong. But I said, do you, can you feel your soul turning cold the longer you work for Dan Snyder? Do you, do you actually feel it rotting from the inside out? Yeah. She, she, yeah. she didn't really know. She said, well, I appreciate the question, but no, things are getting better here. And, and I promise you're going to see change. So that's uh, now, Mr. Snyder. Get out from underneath my desk. Move yes. Mr. Snyder. Yeah. Just be honest. God, that was always the worst. I mean, wow. Can I just ask, is it an automatic? Because, like, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Is it just automatic that when you point, you put a finger in someone's face, that equals I'm going to punch you? Yes. If you put your finger on somebody's temple or forehead, yes, chest, that that, you're going to get punched. Rooster (laughs) is the uh, resident pugilist. He would know. Yeah. No, come on now. It's got pointed temple. The only bad part about that was that he didn't connect with the punch because I kind of wanted to see. I mean, that was a serious shot. Powerful punch. I mean, if he caught him, I know these are big men, but that was a big punch. That was Bama on Bama violence. That could have been a little feisty. That would have stopped every one of our hearts if we had gotten hit in the chest with that punch. (laughs) Did anyone else find find themselves looking up the most points scored by a team in the 
the modern era? Because it you were close to it, by the way. Well, I, I was think it was like sixty three. The Cowboys were were only three points off the tying their franchise best, and and that was midway through the fourth. They just didn't try to score again. Actually, ironically, Washington has scored the most points ever. It's like seventy two. Yeah, well, I think that's enough about the Cowboys. So let's move on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> I really let's talk I about the Bucks. Scratching. I the thought surface. you guys. I thought you guys were going to ask how many different Eagles or former Eagles quarterbacks won an NFL game this past weekend because the answer is three. Because I know you yeah, saw Big what Dick Carson Dulls. did. I know you saw what Big Dick Nick did, and I know you saw Jalen Ballin. So. Welcome to the quarterback factory. Come on over. We'll let you guys in for free. Hey, I, is, is it true that how's how that a good thing for the Eagles that you discard good right. quarterbacks in the prime of their career? Hey, I'm old enough to remember when Gardner Minshew was the next second, you know, great. Yeah, whatever happened to, to Mustache? What happened Manny? to him? Yeah. Wait. Well, I heard Jalen Hurts was a uh, alternate for the Pro Bowl. True House. True. Ridiculous. That's absurd. As, as, by the way, as is Carson Wentz, is a Pro Bowl alternate. Do you know who did wow. not get picked first? Who's not, who's not an Allen. alternate? Josh Allen did not get. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about some of that today. Lamar did, did um um if if Jalen hurt. I mean, I recall a text message not too long ago that said. Jalen Hurts is not an NFL quarterback. Yes, I remember. And that it did too. not come from. Rooster, Pope, Milk, or Bison. This is what one of our listeners, who's a hardcore Alabama fan, Ken Riley, Uncle Rico, told me that Jalen Hurts does not have an NFL quarterback arm. And there were some throws early in the season that substantiated that. But he's progressing because we are a quarterback factory and we (laughs) make them better. But let let me say this about week 16, because we could talk about the Eagles for probably three straight shows, but week 16, we had some record-setting performances. We had some teams that really took control. The Bills, right, guys, took control of the AFC East with a very impressive win um, and a pissed-off Josh Allen taking on the Pats, where the Bengals take control of the AFC North. Rooster asked a few shows ago, who wants to take this goddamn division? And I think Joe Burrow gave us the answer on that. Sure did. We had we had the Jags boy. Fir- Jags firmly take control of the number one overall draft pick again, losing to the Jets. Um, We're fighting guys, tooth and nail, though. We're still in it. <laughs> did you guys see Trevor Lawrence spike the ball on third down? That, yeah, that was a beauty. Yeah, yeah, I did. That was awesome. <laughs> Well, he did go to Clemson. (laughs) We saw the Chiefs. What is this division title number six in a row? Yeah. And I, guys, I, I, I was going to look for this, but I lost track of this. Do do you guys know how many consecutive years it's been that a different team has won the NFC East? Seventeen. Is it seventeen? Seventeen. Yep. Seventeen years straight. Without a repeat. Without a repeat. That's insane. That is insane. insane. That with, only, with only four teams. That's Congrats crazy. to you, Pope, on the Cowboys clinching the NFC East before that game had even been played. But 
we got we got to tip our hats uh, on a tough comeback win. The Titans over the Niners on a uh, Huge. really unbelievable comeback. AJ Brown's return, incredible. The Packers held off the Browns. Controversial, <sighs> no DPI holding call on Russell Douglas. Terrible. But Terrible. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers becomes the all-time touchdown passer in a storied franchise that includes Brett Favre. Uh, Carson Wentz, the great, leads the Colts to an impressive 22-16 win over the reeling Cardinals. And this week, one of our listeners, Nick Verderami from Arizona, sent in to Rooster some crazy stat. I don't know if you still have it, Rooster, but just about Cliff Kingsbury and his meltdown in November, December, January. I, I mean, I'm not sure that we should be surprised by what's happening to Cardinals right now. Um, he is, uh, he gave, he gave me stats from 2013 through 2020 on Kingsbury's final five games of each season, 2013, 0 and 5, 2014, 1 and 4, 2015, 2 and 4, 2016, 2 and 6, 2017, 3 and 7. 2018, he went 0 and 5 at the end, 2019, 2 and 7, and this year, Two and five at the end. So he's a choker. I mean, wow, well, he's not done yet. Yeah, he's yeah, a choker. I mean, wow. He's going to Car- lose his next one, that, too. That Cardinal game was like the Cowboys, right? Yeah, they, on yeah. Sunday. You play the Cowboys and then the Seahawks. They probably will beat the Seahawks, but I don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys the way they're playing now. Crazy. Well, let's hope not, not looking ahead. But you know what the opposite of, of the Kingsbury stat is the Andy Reid stat. Anybody know this one? No, I'm, I, oh, it's, I'm sure. Andy Reid is playoffs. 24 and 0 in the last three Novembers and Decembers. Yeah. What? Yep. You yeah. just had so to get out like of Philadelphia. And the, Eagle, the Eagles are a coach factory. They they build up uh, Super Bowl winning head coaches there and then send them out. Well, yeah. that's true because we got Frank Reich who's building the yeah. coats into a powerhouse. But we have everyone wants to, everyone wants to talk about Braden Stanley, whatever, Staley. Of the, Sandy, the, the Chargers, who had a horrendous loss. Yeah. I mean, horrendous. One of the worst loss. losses of the year. Yeah. Although I want, I want to get back to that in a second because that's another uh, shout out to the, our prognosticator that doesn't pick great uh, spread games but makes some good player calls and rooster. But the Eagles are now just behind the Kansas City Chiefs with the most wins in the NFL in the last eight games. They've gone six and two since being two and five. The only rookie head coach other than Staley with eight wins is Nick Sirianni. He's a goofball um, in front of the microphone, but he's a good coach. I know they can only play the schedule they have. I know they've had some, some easy wins, but the guy can guy has uh, to take a team from two and five and get them to eight and seven says something, right? I mean, you gotta, you gotta give them that. Uh, right? I think, I think Miami says uh, Philly hold my beer. Miami's won seven in a row. I thought they were also six, seven, seven. House, you go hot oh, and cold on Eagles coaches not. and player. Uh oh, uh oh. You go hot and cold on Eagles coaches. Oh, cricket and wireless I mean, like, strikes again. Like, like water must boil at forty-five degrees in in Philadelphia. That's how fast <laughs> the temperature changes on on players and coaches up there. I mean, Sirianni's a good coach now. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I listen. I'm not saying he's a good coach. I'm not saying he's a good coach. Yeah, I just think when you go from two and five to eight and seven, 
as a coach. You're doing something right. And you know what, you guys, before this, before this pod started, you want to put the blame at the feet of Del Rio. They gave up 56 points. But Bison, come on. You have a head coach. I know you like Rivera, but why isn't shit going to Rivera on oh. this? Oh, no, it should be. I mean, no, no, no. It I, will. Listen, it, I mean, Rivera's got to start feeling a little uh, pressure now. And, and I saw some people saying that they think he might just retire at the end of the year. He looks really old and, and just sort of tired and worn out. Um, I mean, I don't understand how, how the coordinator has not been fired with the talent they had. And they and listen, the defense has, particularly for this game, I mean, they started a linebacker who had never played in an NFL game before. Started because Davis, the rookie linebacker who they, who they had, who's actually making some good improvements and looking like maybe a solid pick, he had COVID-like symptoms before the game, and and so they they he couldn't play. So I mean the defense, you know, then you add in that Landon Collins, you know, was out for the season, and a couple other guys are out and everything. But but even so, I, there, there's just look, it doesn't even get to the coaches in Washington at this point. It just doesn't even have anything to do with the coaches. It's the ownership, and until the owner changes. You know, you could have Vince, Vince Lombardi come back and coach that team. It would be a shit show. It is a shit show there. And you guys said about that embarrassing loss. But I, I want to say there was one guy on our pod when we did the NFL draft <laughs> and all this stuff. <laughs> Apparently, Milk has let, been let back on by Cricket Wireless. Um, Judy, you're back online. Uh, uh, welcome back. And- one guy on here said... Look out for this quarterback from Stanford named Davis Mills. Yeah, brah. Rooster, I'll give you credit. He is now the third most yardage amongst rookie quarterbacks playing much fewer games. And is it possible the Houston Texans have found their future quarterback? He actually looks pretty decent. He was the number one prospect coming out of high school and was just hurt a lot in college. But he's a good good quarterback, and I do think that – he is their starter for the future. He looks pretty good. And yes, I mean, the Chargers were missing. What were they missing? Mike Williams, Andre Guyton, Austin Eckler. I mean, they were missing Bosa. a lot of. Yeah, Next Bosa. man up. Yeah, they played Next like crap. Up. They have no excuse. They play like crap. They can't block uh, uh, against a pass rush and they can't stop a run. Milk. Um, Congrats on the NFC South and the Bucks. You. Are you getting that. bored yet with this? Uh, no, not at all. And come on, props to Brady. He's won an AFC and NFC division at this point. Something he'd never done. Um, hey, how about uh, how about Robbie Anderson celebrating a first down when he was down? What were they down like thirty-two <laughs> to six or something That's like one that? Of my- Huge pet peeves, by the oh way. That's, that's the Panthers for you. Yes. They are horrible. And Cam Newton is horrendous, by the way. I think he's brain damaged, honestly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> holy well, crap. He did, he did go to Auburn. No. Oh, Clemson oh. and Auburn today. Wow. wow. By the way, wow. one other one other shout out um, from this week's games. I thought the Rams win was impressive. I think the Vikings are a good team. Yes, Justin Jefferson, another record-setting performance with uh, the most yards by any wide receiver in the first two seasons, having beat out OBJ for that. 
But despite that record-setting performance, uh, the Rams um, won 30 to 23. I, I think I think they they've gone a little bit hot and cold themselves, but I think they're a dangerous team come with playoffs. And they did it without good quarterback play, which just shows you how balanced they're becoming. Yeah. <clears throat> They scare. All right, me. look, we got a big show today, so we got to do some takeaways here, and we're gonna we're gonna keep them nice and tight, fellas. Um, Rooster, we're gonna start with you on your ta- on your takeaway from this week in the NFL. Well, uh, my takeaway is, I you know I think the looming question in New York was, could a quarterback possibly be worse than Mike Urang Glennon? <laughs> And Jake Fromm answered that question, yes, indeed, it can get worse. For sure. We have the worst fucking quarterbacks in the league. I don't know why we focus all our attention making fun of the Eagles. The Giants are horrible. And I don't don't see them turning this around in the next three years. It's that bad. They decided to keep Joe Judge as their coach. By the way, Mike Glennon looks much more like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> he looks he looks like he looks like he just barely made it out of Chernobyl. Did you see <laughs> and did you see how much money he's made? No. It's incredible. The Bears gave him 20 million dollars. Oh god, he's the he is like, the worst. Did you see those passes that Jake Fromm threw? <laughs> like shot putting the ball. That's charitable call them passes. Milk, milk, give us your takeaway. Well, you know, I'd like to get negative on my takeaways. Last week, it was the uh, Trevor Lawrence not being the number one draft pick. This time is we are, and this happened as the Bears connected for winning two-point conversion. in That was in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, the end of Seattle has is, is right, is, is happened. Russell Wilson, most likely not going to be there next year. Pete Carroll, is he going to get brought back? So that whole, this whole, you know, Seattle had this mystique to it. This defense, you get the 12th man, you go to Seattle, you can't get a win there. And I think those days are over. I think they're going to go into, I mean, they are going to go into a major steep downhill. Um, They have no draft picks either. And they have, right. They have no draft picks. Um, and it's kind of, I don't know, for some reason, I'm like weirdly disappointed by it. I kind of like the whole Seattle thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Very but, unusual, too, because Pete Carroll usually gets out of Dodge right before all shit goes right. down, right? Before right. before the destruction he's left right. kicks in. So it's surprising he didn't get out a year or two ago. Oh, he might. He'll resign in January. He's, he knows yeah. what's coming. Yeah. House, what's your takeaway? Well, Instead of Sunday fun day, we had Sunday snub day in the NFL. We had three players. Sometimes I think motivation can get players going. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow felt unbelievably snubbed that neither one of them were named to the Pro Bowl. And some dumbass on the Ravens coach said that I don't think we're ready to put a gold jacket on Joe Burrow yet before the game. Um, Wink Martindale or literally some, yeah. some, some name some like talk that. Show, talk show host. Yeah. And uh, he went out and put up 525 yards and four touchdowns on that. And Lane Johnson, um, who I think, I mean, I'm biased, but he's an incredible right tackle. He's let up no sacks. He's had 
almost no quarterback hits on the year, felt incredibly snubbed. He had a monster game again with that running game and then caught a touchdown. So it was fun to see these guys feel motivated and uh, play up to it. That's my takeaway. I'm going to give you mine and then hope uh, you've earned, you've earned the final say on this this week. Um, and, and I touched on mine before Washington continues to be a complete cesspool and any, any good feelings that existed after the four game winning streak that got him to six and six where everyone thought, you know, Ron Rivera has come in and, and saved the day and, and has uh, instituted the, you know, a good culture that is gone uh, with one uh swing from a teammate at, at another teammate uh, the the culture problem in Washington has only gotten that much more highlighted and uh, it's it's a complete fucking train wreck in Washington as usual Pope well I mean obviously the Cowboys you know took the wood to the uh, Washington football team last night and you know kind of most historic fashion but uh, I did a little bit of a uh, review of the Cowboys lately and uh, a stat that, that uh, we'll see if it really matters come playoff time is Cowboys have not beaten a team with over a 500 record uh, since October 17th when they beat the Ooh. Pats. So, Ooh. you know, the Cowboys have been feasting on lesser competition. Thank you. NFC East. Um, but we'll see. They play the card to have, uh, obviously a winning record, but they're bleeding big time. And then uh, at Philly, when you know the division's over, but that game could make all the difference between Philly making the playoffs. And I'll give you a little uh, preview. I think there's a good chance if Philly uh, wins one of those games against the they wins against the Cowboys, that they'll be playing them again one week later in Dallas in the wild card round because the Philly will be the seven seed and the Cowboys potentially could be the two seed. You're not uh, going to be at a two C with a loss. Well, that's true. If the Cowboys lose. Oh, and the other thing is if the Cowboys and the Bucks are tied, Milk, you know this, the Bucks get the higher seed. Right. So the Cowboys need the Rams to keep winning, and then it's a three way tie. The Cowboys yes. will win because of their division record or Correct. their conference record, the right? Yep. We want the but every week I've been doing this for the last three weeks leading up to the playoffs. I always think it's interesting to look at the potential matchups. So, you know, KC's got the bye right now. And you got the Ravens at the Titans, Pats oh. at Bengals, and Colts at Bills. Ooh. Those are some those are some interesting matchups. Ravens won't be there. Ravens won't be there at the end. No, they're no. disgusting matchups. There's really yeah. nothing intriguing about any of those. Well, but you know, if, if the Dolphins win tonight, guys, the Dolphins will leapfrog the Ravens at seven. That's that, how far we've come. It's the Dolphins in the playoffs would be amazing. It would be amazing. In the in the NFC, Green Bay has the bye uh, by the, the tug of a shirt. They're still there. Uh, right now, the matchups are Eagles at Cowboys, 49ers at Rams, and Cards at Bucks. Mm. It looks like the Eagles and the 49ers probably have the advantage for the last two wild card slots. Uh, the Saints, um, they uh, they have a tough game tonight against the Dolphins, and it looks like on tiebreak, Niners and uh, Eagles get the benefit. So, um, House, it looks like you're coming to Dallas. That's for that's about the worst round. worst possible matchup because it means one of those two teams is going to win in a playoff that's game. Right. That's right. We that's want the box. Hideous. Whatever it takes to get to the box. We want the box. We need I need the we need, need the Rams out. 
And yeah, the we Cowboys just need, all lose. we need is the Rams to lose. Rams to lose. Cowboys don't have to one, lose. One, and then we go to two seed and we play Philly. Get me seats, milk. I would too. <laughs> all right. How are we doing on the locks? Listen, talk about talk a turnaround about story. Talk about a turnaround story of a coach of the year. I think we've got to give it to Patrick Milk Michler. He was at <laughs> one and seven. He was at one and seven. I don't want to with run. His, with his Jets beating the Jags, giving two points. Milk is now eight and eight. Yeah. One and oh, seven to yes. eight and eight. You're you're the Dolphins of the of the even money. You even Steven all the way back. But it's not over. It's not over. He could lose the last two, and we have a dogfight because we have two losses from Pope, who had the Pats, Bison, who had the Washington, whatever you want to call them, to drop to six and ten. If House somehow pulls the upset with the injury riddled COVID injury riddled Saints. To move to six and ten, we would have three teams at six and ten chasing milk at eight and eight. But let's not forget about Rooster, who put his money on the Giants plus ten, took a loss, and moved to a lusty two and fourteen. So Rooster, oh, you're wait. so good at this. Will you please kick us off? That's impossible. Two and fourteen. <laughs> do you want my dog to pick it instead because she has a better shot? God. Oh God. Are, are, you saying, are you saying billions of dollars? Are you saying I'm up? Are we Who's going worst mute? Worst the best? We can just mute you. Right. Do you want to pick? Sure, you want to pick? This week. This week, I am going to go after watching last night's debacle. I'm going to take the Eagles minus three over the football team. All right. Okay. I like that. I like All right. Um, milk. I, give us your I, secret sauce. Well, I'm going. I didn't even look at. I I did no preparation here. So I'm going with the picking against the Jaguars. Who are they playing and what's the line? Do you understand that the Pats are minus 15 and a half? 15 and a half. Damn right I do. I'll take them all day. Let's go. Wow. 15 and a half against – they've got to win that game and it's got to be in New England. I I like how the Titans are playing lately. I'm going to take the Titans minus three and a half against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are smoke and mirrors and the Titans are at home. And I think all the fun ends for the Dolphins next week. Titans minus three and a half. Let's go to Pope. Alice, you and I seem to have a lot of the same picks this year. I had Titans okay. giving three and a half. That's that's a pretty low spread. Bison, you have the final word on the on They've the been watch. good to me. Been good to me for a good chunk of the season. I'm taking the Bills over the Falcons. It's probably like 15 or something. The Bills are minus 14 and a half. Give me the Bills. Okay, that's it. Make some money. Mm. All right. Good one, guys. Okay. This always wins, by the way. I said that we had a big show, and that's because this is uh, the last show of the 2021 year that was another uh, shitty, shitty year. Um, (laughs) year. Fuck. Uh, another shit year yeah just another shit year for the world um but that's not to say that there weren't some um big moments and some people uh who are deserving of of shout outs so this is the first annual smqb sports person and sports moment of the year uh segment and rooster you've already got a little uh, hint up on the screen there. 
So I'm going to throw it to you to, to start off with, I guess we're, let's do our sports person of the year. We'll go around the horn and then yeah. we'll come back to our moment. No, I've thrown a little head fake with this uh, oh. photo behind me. I think, I mean, I don't know how it could even be up for debate that the sports person of the year is Tom Thibodeau. Um, no, oh. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I mean, he did bring the Knicks back to respectability. That's a big thing. That's right. But anyway, thing. no, the sh- no Showtime, Shohei Otani, uh, AL MVP, made All Star as both a pitcher and a position player, won the Sil- Silver Slugger Award last year, and whatever the Commissioner's Historic Achievement Award is, he won that too. I mean, this guy, you haven't, we haven't seen feats like this since Babe Ruth. I, I think he walks away with. Player athlete of the year for 2021. Wow. Can I make this easy and give my you can't even see it? I, I got two votes there. Otani, I can't believe there's not more being said about this guy. We have a modern day Babe Ruth in baseball. Yep. He had 46 homers, 100 RBIs, 26 steals, went nine and two as a pitcher with a 3.18 ERA in the AL with 156 strikeouts. He's 27 years old and he is a phenom. It's a modern day Babe Ruth. And frankly, I think the only reason more isn't being said is because he's from Japan and because the Angels haven't won anything with him yet. But he is, I listen, incredible year. Tom Brady, all this other stuff. But if you're really talking about a sports person of the year and how he's changed sports, Shohei Otani, I get vote number two there. I'm going to make it three because that's who I had. We did not coordinate this and did not wow. discuss this. Uh, but Otani arguably could be the best baseball player ever. That's the season that he just had, the way doing it offensively and on the pitching mound. I mean, this guy is something else, and and I there's nothing. I don't have anything to add to what you guys said, but but what he accomplished this year in baseball, there's there can't be any debate over who had the best year, who's the sports person of the year. Bison, how do you have Otani, Trout, and Rendon on the same team and have them be so horrible? What what is wrong uh, with that team? What's wrong pitching. with that team? Pitching, not enough of it. And Rendon was hurt most of the year, and yeah, it's really been a disappointment. So was Trout. So was Trout. And Trout missed a big chunk yeah. of the year. So, well, this is going to be a split decision, it looks like. No, oh, I, I, go ahead, Pope. I'd like to hear from you first. Well, I'm sure you would. Uh, you know, 44 years old and goes to another team that is historically horrible losing franchise, <laughs> brings them all the way to another Super Bowl. Uh, and I realize a lot of the body of the work was in 2020, but, uh, you know, we're talking about 2021 and, and he won the Super Bowl and they went on the road. They won three playoff games as a wild card to get to the Super Bowl only with the leadership of the GOAT, Tom Brady. I hate to say it. This is uh, it's a, it's close. I, I really thought hard about Otani, uh, even went to the point of looking for an image to put him on my virtual background, but just gut goes with with Brady on this one and um, I'll leave it to you milk to give us the capper. He's going with playoff Lenny. <laughs> I actually had, I had Tom Brady and I had uh Akhtani too, but I'll tell you what I think it would be. I'll go ahead to be different. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Simone Biles. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Oh, a good one. 
Yeah. Seventh U.S. Seventh U.S. national title in gymnastics. And I think when you're picking a sports person of the year, it should not only be success in the sport, but also other issues that they may bring up to the forefront. And the things that she did with mental health this year were groundbreaking. And it led to uh, a big conversation with that in our country. And uh, and it, what she did in the Olympics, going through all that and then coming back and getting a bronze medal in the uh, beam, I think was cool. So I'm going to, I'll go with that, but no, but no really re- resident but, Renaissance man here, but really, yeah. well, if I, I, I went last because if nobody was going to say Brady, I had to go with Brady. But, <laughs> I saved you, but you kind of took my sports moment of the year though. Well, let's go right to you with the sports moment. Then they'll give it well, to us. Well, he just kind of did it, but it's the bucks winning the super bowl. And hold on, I'll, I'll expand on this because I, I know House wants me to. On <laughs> December 29th, 2019, I sat in a game in Raymond James Stadium where I witnessed Jameis Winston on his final pass. And by the way, his first pass as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer was an interception. His last pass as a Buccaneer was an interception. And I think it was his 36 of something of the season. The team was in absolute disarray. No idea what was going to happen the next year. There was talk of bringing Jameis Winston back and paying him $25 million. Then, by the way, three months later, we start a pandemic. Uh, we get Tom Brady uh, and comes to Tampa. Um, doesn't They can't practice. They can't do anything. They're doing practice sessions at our local high school, getting together. Uh, illegally. Um, illegally, allegedly. Um <laughs> For the team was like they they brought in all these new guys Gronk and Lenny and I understand and AB and I understand that yes that's there's some great talent getting brought in but that doesn't necessarily mean success translate all the time they were a disaster by the way through the first twelve games I don't know if you remember we got blown out by the Chiefs got blown out by the Saints and then because of House House made a prediction that we wouldn't lose again and damn it he was right they clicked. <laughs> clicked and then to top it all off we play the super bowl in our own stadium and mm. win it if that's mm. not the sports moment of the year i don't know what is i'm going with that bucks super thanks. Bowl. thanks to your brother say something nice to your brother right now thanks man appreciate it <laughs> yeah that's an all-timer <laughs> you guys got to get rich brothers that's a good <laughs> awesome <laughs> That's the lesson of the year. Right. That's my lesson of the year. Get a rich brother. So I've got a younger sister and no brothers. I'm not, I guess I'm screwed. <laughs> my my sports moment of the year is uh, on the screen. Um, Phil Mickelson yes. winning the PGA at a young age of 50 years old. Um, the oldest champion, major champion uh, in history. And just as as House, I mean, as uh, Milk was saying, so unlikely uh, that Brady would do what he did with the Bucks. You got to remember, Mickelson was 115th in the world. He hadn't been a top 10 in in uh, 16 starts. Um, somehow he was able to outduel, you know, Kepka, who was the the king at the time for uh, for for majors, recent majors, and uh, and Usti. Um, to get his sixth major tying uh, Trevino and Faldo. Uh, it's just a, a, it was a magical moment. I remember texting with you guys uh, on the back nine. We were 
all very, uh, you know, focused on the TV and, and could he actually pull it off? Uh, and his nerves didn't get to him. And it was clearly to me, the sports moment of the year. Yeah. I like that one. That, that win and, and Tigers comeback masters. Those are two unbelievable golf moments. Yeah. Let's not I'll, forget the Ryder cup. Well, um, I thought someone would have that. Yeah. Yeah. That so, was great. Too. My moment of the year it was on June 19th, 2021, the Eastern Conference semifinals. And by a margin of about two millimeters, it changed NBA history. Kevin Durant is in an improbable shot to fade away against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in an absolute incredible heavyweight fight between Durant versus Giannis. And it looks like Durant has hit the go-ahead three on an incredible fadeaway shot. But as it turns out, his size 18 shoe, which by the way, is on his size 17 foot, he wears a shoe size, one size bigger because he thinks it makes him feel more aerodynamic. True story. His size size 18 shoe is on the line. It's a two. The Bucks pull out overtime, and as a result, Mike Budenholzer doesn't get fired from the Bucks. Giannis doesn't go down as a guy who can't get out of the second round of the playoffs. Giannis goes off for 41, 42, and 50 in the NBA Finals, wins the Bucks their first championship in 50 years, becomes the NBA Finals MVP. Incredible story. Um, if it's a three, it's a totally different story. I think the Nets absolutely steamroll the Hawks and they become the NBA champion. Um, it's an incredible play that in NBA history will go down as one of the all time game changers by millimeters. I thought that was the moment of the year. Nice. I'm going to give you mine. I had, um, this was the year of formula one. It had a unbelievable, uh, following that developed in the U S uh, in large part, of course, to the SMQBs talking about it week in and week out. Uh, and also maybe the Netflix documentary helped and had something to do with that. But it's a sport that is is watched um, around the globe and actually takes place around the globe, too, uh, with races on six continents. Uh, and this year it kind of had its it's coming out in the in the U.S. at least where people took an interest in, in Formula One for the first time. And the season did not disappoint coming down to the final race where the two favorites of uh, Max Verstappen and the, the young uh, up and coming uh, uh, kid on, on the tour on the circuit and, and uh, Lewis Hamilton, the seven time defending world champion uh, and, and one of the just the great classy athletes of, of the day uh, came down to the last race. After 22 races on the season, they had an exact same amount of points going in. And then to make it even uh, more compelling, it came down to the final lap because of a, of a crash with five laps to go. And of course, when you come down to a one lap race between two guys, it was not without controversy. And the controversy, you know, literally because of um, because of the way uh, uh, the radio works in Formula One, you can actually listen in real time to the conversations. 
And so the drama of what was unfolding when, when the decision was made to clear the path so that Verstappen really had unfettered, you know, opportunity to take a run at Hamilton on that last lap. And you could hear uh, Toto Wolf, the, the principal for Mercedes, screaming at the race director about what a travesty of justice it was and really saying everything that anybody who, who knew what was going on was thinking while it was happening. Uh, it was just one of those, those moments that you're watching and you can't believe that it's happening. You can't believe it's happening live like that. And it's it's for all the marbles. It's the whole thing after, I don't know, I, I saw the stats at some point, but there had to be 2,000 laps, right, during the season or more than that, maybe, I don't know. But but to come down to that one lap, uh, it was the height of, of just a fierce competition all year. Uh, and how it ended up was was my sports moment of the year with Verstappen, uh, rightfully or wrongly, but but winning. And of course, the ever gracious Lewis Hamilton uh, congratulating him after on on becoming on winning his first world championship. That was amazing. Those are all really really good ones. Um, big stage moments. Um, I have two quick ones. One one on a little bit smaller stage. Um, the setting is, uh, is, uh, March madness and it's a cold Massachusetts day and house is on the mound throwing wicked curveballs <laughs> to rooster <laughs> can't quite handle the curve. So he turns around, switch hits left-handed and hits a 450 foot home <laughs> wiffle ball home run the likes of which have never been seen and New Englanders are still talking about to this day. Um, I've, I've seen the video, by the way, and I, I'm, this is no lie. That thing's still going. Ball reached Penobscot Bay or something. I mean, <laughs> he got every piece of that. My big, my big. It's, uh, it's legendary. Stage. They talk about it now all the time there. It's legendary. <laughs> At least I do. Uh, anyway, my big stage moment is house hit on earlier. For the first time since 1971, when Lou Alcindor de delivered an NBA championship to the great city of Milwaukee, they won it again. It was a proud moment for uh, for the Bucks and Bucks fans, and I, I thought that was a big deal to see a small market team come out come out and win it. So, cheers to Milwaukee and the Bucks. Good one. Good years. It's good years. Yeah, good good ones. Okay. All right. Well, look, we got to look forward to 2022, and it's uh, that time of year where we all make resolutions that last about six days um, before everyone goes back to, to drinking beer on Thursday or whatever it is, right. <laughs> not not running three miles in the morning. Um, but what's uh, let's talk about some sports resolutions for the coming year. Um, who wants to Who wants to take this away? Who wants to go first with this? I'll go. Um, all right. Is this Milk and Pope, you're going to love my resolution. Okay. In, in 2022, I resolve to not hate on college football. I oh. am going I am going to study college football in the offseason, and I am going to pick a team to root for. I will accept Venmo, PayPal, whatever else, if you have an interest in me liking your team. And um, if and only if they suck suck it. Maybe I'll hate it again, but no, really, I'm going to try college football for 2022. I am. That's my res resolution. I'm trying college football next year and picking a team to follow. Wow. Stay tuned. Wow. That's wow. breaking. That's breaking news. So I'm going to go ahead and follow up there because it's mine is similar. 
and our listeners will know that when we start talking about the NBA on this pod, that my power goes out uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm suddenly muted or whatever happens. I don't have an NBA team in Tampa, so I don't follow it as well. But I will tell you this, that last year there was a series that I got into. It was the Hawks 76ers. And I felt alive during that series. I don't know why. I don't know if it was because the 76ers lost. It could be that. <laughs> but I loved every minute of it. I My resolution is to get involved in the NBA, have a better understanding. I'm not going to pick a team, but I'm just going to be able to contribute to the pod. Yes, Milk. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Starts I'll go. now. I'll go. Um, you know, after after going two and fourteen in the Plexigo burst locks, <laughs> oh boy, uh, I, I am resolved to taking this a little more seriously next year and actually <laughs> looking at this more than a minute before the show starts and studying <laughs> up on it some. Good luck. So man. I will get. I will make this prediction right now. If we keep that segment next year, I will come in first place at the end of the year. Wow. 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 Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. Hope, what do you got? Well, mine was kind of petty, uh, and now it seems so (laughs) small. Uh, I I was going to resolve to not pick on Philadelphia Eagle quarterbacks. No, we need to do something else. That's ridiculous. I know. Well, you said said something you break in six days, and I was like, yeah, next pod. (laughs) We can can do that. That's funny. No, I, you know, I I think kind of like milk, um, whenever we go to the NHL, I kind of tune out the, the bulb goes down as well. Um, and you know, I'm in an NHL city. I just don't follow the NHL writ large, uh, like somebody who wants to be, you know, involved in a legitimate spot sports podcast. So I, I resolve, uh, on behalf of Paul Miller to get more involved in the NHL and be able to speak with some intelligence. I, yes, I love it. And Paul, Paul, if you're listening now, you will never be on the pod. <laughs> that was your one chance. <laughs> now it's over for you. It's funny. I also resolve to have more stats for you. Oh, good. No, God. Well, I'm, I, I'm quitting all sports. So that's my <laughs> resolution. I'm giving them up. I can't watch them. There's nothing to watch anymore. I'm done. No, I, I think what, I, what my resolution is going to be is to watch uh, more games outside of the teams that I follow. You know, it's, it's one thing with, with uh, the NFL where, you know, you, there's – you're watching games all the time, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday, you're always seeing different teams play, but it's a little harder with baseball or basketball or hockey to, to tune in and watch someone else. So that's, that's my resolution is to try and actually watch a lot of other teams play, not just the Washington teams. You know, that's hard to do when you have a lot of teams. You'll be able to watch a lot of NFL teams in January that are not Washington. We need some yeah. good AL. We need some good AL baseball analysis from you this year, Bison. Yeah, yeah. Get, get involved yeah. in these. Yeah, let's I all go to the Yankees game again. I did. I did have a Perez from the Royals on the on the watch list, which you was uh, you which did was a good call. Which was a good call. That was my AL contribution. Um, all right, House, you got a punchable face of the week for us. 
Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with the triumphant comeback. I got a quick one, but it just annoyed me because it was Christmas week. I don't know if you guys caught the story, but there's a 13-year-old kid who plays basketball in Minnesota named Jaden Moore. And he's like a hot shot. He's he's, he's like trying out stuff, and he's he's an up-and-comer. He's in eighth grade. He's 13 years old. So he did some kind of hot shot uh, try of like a spin move and a dribble between the legs, threw up the shot, and it missed. Somehow it went up on Twitter. Somehow Kevin Durant saw it. And Kevin Durant took that uh, video and said on Twitter, this shit stinks. What? And he did. And his, his, his tweet got 176,000 likes and 18,000 retweets. Leave the effing kid alone. It's a 13-year-old kid, and I'm sure you were hot-dogging it when you were that too. It's a short one, a simple one, but I think Durant deserves a punch in the face. Christmas week, bug- bullying a 13-year-old kid for trying something uh, out on the court. Who else was worried that House was going to punch a 13-year-old when he first started? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I had a moment. 13-year-old bothering me during wow. Christmas. By the way, this this segment has been rebranded as the Jonathan Allen punchable face of the that's week. Big, yeah. I, guess, I love it. I guess, yeah, I guess it should it should actually be it should actually be Deron Payne punchable face of the week because he was on the his face is the one that was going to get punched, right? <laughs> Don't you have yeah, to, right. to make a connection in order to actually get you know it named after <laughs> yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why did Durant do that? What was I he? Have I no mean, idea. What was he commenting on that like kids shouldn't be trying to pull that stuff off in games yeah. or yeah. Yeah, I guess he's a I guess he's a purist now. He's a purist. dumb dumb. Wow, so he gets sports he gets sports moment of the year as well as punchable face. That's pretty yeah. pretty good feet. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. His feet are too big. Take his size 18s and shove them. Okay. Uh well, so let's listen. It's the holidays. Let's not end on a punchable face. Yeah. Somebody give us a nice story. House, I bet you got one to follow that up. You got a Ted Lasso uh, for us? You got Guys, do you guys know who Max Crosby is? Yes, I, I bet you, you do. Do you know this? Yeah, story? two X's. Yeah, I do know the story. It's Max a good one. Crosby, what a great story! I did not know this. Max Crosby is a third-year defensive end on the Las Vegas Raiders. He was taken in the fourth round of the 2019 draft out of an FCS school, Eastern Michigan. And in his first year playing in the NFL, he had a really good season, had 10 sacks and was an up and comer. And he really couldn't handle the success. And he started hitting the bottle really hard and uh, it got out of control so much so that in March of 2020, after one season, in the NFL, he had to go into rehab and uh, it could have totally derailed his career, could have been over. And he came out of rehab. He rededicated his life. He rededicated what he was going to be like as a teammate, as a player. And he now is the highest graded edge defender in the NFL by pro fantasy football and pro football focus, pro football focus at a 91.4 coaches and players say that he is the most coachable 
incredible giving teammate. He has an incredible attitude. He plays with humility. And just under two years from rehab, he was uh, named to the to the Pro Bowl as defensive end for the AFC. And I just think that's a really good story of redemption and uh, turning it around, particularly Christmas week. And so I thought that was a good story deserving of a lasso. I love that. And the fact he lives in Vegas, right? Jeez. Yeah. To do all that. Yeah. Not yeah. easy. No, not no. at all. Yeah. No, that is a good story. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Good story. Yeah. I'd like to all add right, one thing before yeah. we go. Uh, yeah. Just for our listeners, uh, we're all in a fantasy football league. And oh, there's two guys here that are playing for the Super Bowl next week, House and Rooster. Uh, so next Monday is going to be interesting. I don't know if it's going to go down to the Monday night game. It might. So we may don't not have an answer me. yet. But one of these guys might be a Super Bowl champion next Monday. And I will tell you this because I'm a former champion myself. <laughs> it's one of the greatest moments of your life. Good luck, It'd be Rooster. one of the great sports moments of 2022. Right of the great. You'll Good remember luck, it. Now, I know, and I've been officially jinxed, and uh, Darcy's going to win tonight. For our is list, what is, what is he needs 49 points? He needs, he needs 40 points from Duke Johnson, or 49 points from five. Duke Johnson. That's going to be pretty hard. Yeah. So, so, wait, is this like a, a loser goes home Super Bowl then? Like, only one of you can come back on the pod? <sighs> no. Uh, nice way. Nice try to nice try to divert attention away from your pancake house. Yeah, so. yeah. When are you going to Waffle House? Up, nice. Upcoming Waffle yeah, House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about that. We and haven't declared a loser yet. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have a loser. Yeah. No, there hasn't been any declare declaration. Commissioner seems like he thinks he knows who it is. Yeah, I will fight let this me, one to the death. This is ridiculous. Let me, let me make this the first. To be heard on our uh, oh. broadcast with more breaking thousands news. of hundreds have to of go thousands back. of listeners. We have another punchable face of the week in a minute oh, here. This is so exciting. Ahead, you have breaking out. fantasy are you gonna news. Are you going to punch a video box on the screen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of redemption, I gave Chris Nace a chance. Uh, Chris Nace finished at five and nine. There was a team that finished at something like four, eight and two. And their winning percentages were exactly the same. But as a result of that other team in the CBS Sports tiebreaker, having more points, far and away more points than Chris Nace, uh, he would have been declared the, the crappy, the loser of the league, Chris Nace, because of having the fewest points. But I thought, let's let it play out for a week or two and see if this loser of a team could actually say, I'm deserving of better than that. I can score more points than this other team. But in the last two consecutive weeks, Chris Nace has pretty much scored the least points again. When I said everybody still set your lineups, I'd like to announce that Chris Nace is the winner of this year's crappy, the loser of the Ivy. There is no way, there is no way five and nine regular season is worse than four, eight, and two under any system in the history of sports. Our list our listeners can chime in, but it's done. We'd love to hear from our listeners. It's done. Is it an official tie in the NFL? It would be a tie in the NFL. And you got to go to the tie breaks. My recommendation is to get to Waffle House at 5 a.m. <laughs> and then by 5 p.m., if you do 12 waffles, you're done. It's easy. You could do this. You can do this. This was not an official thing, by the way. Oh, it is. And you're going to Waffle House. When and where? <laughs> I'll be there. Just <laughs> let me know. I'll get on a plane. I'll get on a plane for it. 
We'll help you eat your waffles. You need to. Yeah, I mean, maybe one. We'll eat a waffle each. That'll help you out. I heard after the six you throw up, but you can verify that. <laughs> waffle house part of the podcast. So I'll have an orange juice and a coffee. This entire part of the podcast is getting edited out. <laughs> oh no, I don't think so. And oh, how? Oh god! Now our listeners will know if you balk at this. Oh, it's gone. It is so gone. House, you need to start your New Year's resolution early. We've got the semifinals on uh, Friday with Alabama, Cincinnati, Cotton Bowl, and Michigan, Georgia, and the Orange Bowl. So start studying now for your future champion, uh, the game on January 10th. Good luck to your team, and I want to say congrats to the great University of Central Florida Knights on their amazing victory of the Florida Gators. I'm seriously considering UCF. You That's son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You'll take, you'll start. No, you're going to root for the Knolls. Go for Notre Dame. Go for Notre Dame. You'll love yourself. Uh, I'll take oh, the under God. on that. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The house is suddenly reminded why college football sucks. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.